Hello and welcome to PostgreSQL, a weekly show about all things PostgreSQL. I'm Michael, founder of PG Mustard, and this is my co-host Nikolai, founder of Postgres AI. Hey Nikolai, what are we talking about today? Hi Michael, this is uh, this topic is it's my choice this week, so I chose copy how to copy the Postgres database. Let's discuss various options and the pros and cons and how to improve obstacles, everything and use cases of of course. Yeah, that was going to be my first question. When do you see people needing to do this most often? Right. Well, since we dis- we agreed that we are going to talk about Postgres questions, um, having some DBA ops experience, but trying trying to explain this for probably wider audience for developers, backend engineers, and so on. Let's try to think about use cases from this perspective. Of course, uh, you, first of all, you need to copy Postgres database when you provision a new node in infrastructure, and this is like less developer friendly area right so you either want to have a replica standby node logical or physical or you want to provision another environment or you want to bring data to from production to non-production and so on many cases but also there are cases when we design our system and need for example to split uh, monolith to multiple services. So we need to think about how we will be pe- perform splitting. And when we do split, we probably need to copy all data, right? Because we like, it's a very good privilege if we can start from small, from uh, empty database, a new service. I mean, usually we need to keep all data to preserve it. So we need to copy it from old database from a monolith database or some service database becomes too too big and we see how we can split it as well so we consider it as like also kind of monolith and splitting so these are basic use cases there are sometimes cases when we need to bring data from one place to another place and this is our routine job and of course I think every engineer should understand uh, latency and throughput and how to troubleshoot bottlenecks, how to find bottlenecks of the copy process, right? So these are probably the basic classes of use cases, provisioning, splitting, and some kind of copying just because our application is designed. So for example, we need, it's also kind of provisioning, right? Everything is provisioning, but even if you copy database on your laptop, sometimes in small projects, people do this and it has its own pros, this approach. It's also provisioning, but to just to your laptop, right? On, on that note, if we start there, if, if we, I guess we should ignore for now worrying about personal identifiable information and pri- privacy and things like that. What do you see on the smaller side, before we get into the big larger databases, on the smaller side, copying databases around, I've seen people have a lot of success with just simple PG dump, PG restore, not even multi-threaded. And I've also seen, because I don't know if we're going to talk about it again, this being a good use case for even create database with template being even possibly faster. Thick um, cloning, right? Thick cloning. So it's like data. If you have 100 gigabytes, uh, you clone, you have 200 gigabytes used on disk. Yes. Well, first of all, let's start with logical. Uh, dump restore, it's logical approach. So we copy data, transforming it to SQL uh, statements, create table, copy, or individual inserts. So sometimes... Uh, 
first of all, I, I would like to say that dump, PG dump, PG restore are, are quite advanced programs, very advanced tools. They, ha they have a lot of options, a lot. And uh, also formats. Uh, this is plain text format and there are custom and uh, directory, so-called directory formats, which support parallelization and filtering. But this is definitely logical level. And sometimes people think uh, the, the, a dump is a backup, for example, which is very, um, like, I, I, I don't agree with that uh, it's a backup. It, it kind of backup, but it's logical backup. So you can run it and copy it. Of course, it's always thick. So because, uh, again, if you load it, you consume same space again, but you will lose the bloat. If you, if you had bloat, when you dump restore, you lose it. So there should not be surprises if new copy takes less disk space, if, even if you took everything. Indexes are, are optimized. Uh, they are just created. Uh, PG dump puts, puts them to the end of dump. So they are created after data is already loaded by PG restore. If it's plain text format, you can even load it using PSQL, also an option. But since I'm, I'm usually dealing with quite large databases, dozens of terabytes, of course, PG dump is like for large systems, it's quite, first of all, dangerous to, if you run it in production, it will keep transaction open at a repeatable read level. It opens transaction at repeatable read levels to, to have persistent snapshot always. So it dumps tables that correlate like there is correlation in data. So foreign keys won't be broken and so on. That's why a repeatable read snapshot is, is needed. And uh, if you do it quite a lot, of course, auto vacuum will be affected. So on large database, uh, my recommendation would be to do it not only on a standby node, but on a standby node, either with constant by feedback off and increased limit for transactions, uh, how I don't remember the knob, uh, which uh, uh, controls uh, how long uh, replication, physical replication can wait until it says, okay, I cannot wait anymore and kills your transaction. Or better, uh, I would, if you have like really large database and want, need to run a PG dump for whole database, I would say have a clone, like detach it from cluster and then temporary clone in cloud it's easy right so you create a replica for probably from cloud snapshot and then you you just promote it it detached from doesn't stream uh, changes from the primary anymore it's independent so you can run dump there and then you dispose it like destroying this and of course for throughput single thread is not enough we have a lot of cpus these days usually so i would speed it up but for small databases, I would say less than 10 gigabytes, definitely it's okay to use a single threaded approach. Uh, 100 terabyte, 100 gigabytes terabyte, it's already time to think about parallelization. And here we come into issues with pgdump, pgrestore, because you cannot use parallelization if you want to restore immediately. You, you want to restore it, on, like dump and restore on, fly, on the fly. It's possible if you have single-threaded approach. So you just use pipe, you dump and restore immediately. So you don't need additional disk space. It's good. But if you need parallelization to have good throughput, 
And you, you probably want to have good throughput if you deal with real production nodes as well, because, because you don't want auto vacuums workers to, to interfere with their work. So probably you want to finish it earlier. So you might want multiple workers. So you want dump restore. But in this case, you need first dump in directory format and then restore from it. Also, PG restore also supports parallelization dash, dash J. So in this case, this is some like disadvantage of PGDump PG Restore. They cannot use parallelization and avoid creation of this temporary dump, which is solved by third-party tools. There is a tool from Dimitri Fontaine called PG Copy DB, quite new. One of the benefits of which is exactly this. It can run multiple threads and dump restore on the fly. Great. So this is this is for larger databases but again if you have smaller database it's fine to use a single thread and choose either you want to dump it or, or dump restore on the fly right so yeah before we move on from that i'd also noticed that both the custom and directory formats are compressed by default which is pretty cool mm -hmm. i didn't realize that yep yep compression is there um, it's good Compression you probably want it if you have large databases and sometimes compression is significant, but they also support filtering directory format supports. I, I always mix custom and directory and always check documentation, but one of these formats support filtering dash L small uh, in PG restore tool that we have a pair of options dash L uppercase and lowercase. One of them allows you to see the list of the content of dump. So you can see, okay, we have table creation for this table here. We have data for this table here. We have indexes. We have materialized to, we have like a refresh materialized to comment and so on. And then you can using grab, you know, like in command line, it's easy using grab. You can choose only what you want or remove what you don't want. For example, if you have hierarchy of materialized use. Sometimes there is an issue with dependencies. So I remember I removed the commands to refresh materialized use and just performed it separately. Otherwise, you cannot restore. So uh, this is quite handy if you need partial restoration. And also worth mentioning, dump, uh, PG dump by default, it will produce errors, but won't stop on, a, on an error. Oh, and wow. Yeah, it's, it's quite sometimes dangerous. You, you haven't noticed it. Restore, I don't remember, maybe the same, but in general approach, as usual, I don't remember, right? But in general, you should check documentation here always. Like, what's the default behavior? And decide, do you need to stop on error or ignore errors and to do best effort losing some objects and then return? Because, uh, of course, in each case, it's different, but, in my experience, I usually want to stop. That's why default behavior for me doesn't usually work properly. And I check, okay, again, we have an issue here. I would like to understand there is an issue and don't continue. So I want to stop. There is an option, of course, for, to change behavior in both pitch dump and PG restore. And the docs for this are great. I'll, I'll link yeah, them up yeah, in yeah. the show notes. Reference docs are great. I would say reference doc uh, use cases. Usually you want to, to find them in blog posts. Um, yeah. More wisdom there uh, in terms of use cases. But reference is perfect, of course. And dash dash help always works, right? So 
one more thing. If of of course you you can perform surgery with pigeon pigeon restore, right? You can take what you want. You can combine things from different places. A lot of things can be done. But of course, if you want, for example, default behavior to stop on error, you should understand that probably you will need to start from from from, from beginning, right? So retry logic. You are responsible for retry logic. You need to either ignore errors or to stop on error and then to perform this like dash L pair of dash L dash L comments and continue and, and so on. It's, so it doesn't have good retry logic itself, but it gives you some options as like tooling to write your scripts as you want. So this is uh, probably it uh, about pitch dump, pitch restore. One more thing interesting for developers probably, this repeatable read transaction, it's interesting that you can control it and, uh, for example, you can open transaction yourself, export snapshot, and then command pitch dump to use your snapshot. So you keep transaction open with snapshot already created, preventing AutoVacuum to clean up freshly that tuples as we discussed before a couple of times. And then using function uh, pgexpert snapshot, you know the snapshot name and you can feed the snapshot name to pgdump in command line. And this is quite interesting also. And actually, I think this is how parallelization works as well. Workers uh, know exact snapshot name and they will work synchronized, right? So we, they deal with the same snapshot. And this allows you to design some uh, procedures to move data between places, understanding that your data is correlated, right? And I wish developers of logical uh, replication commercial tools understood it better because some of them don't. For example, the tool called Click former Attunity. I tried to explain this for one of our customers. I tried to explain to this company several times, like guys, you have issues because you export data to analytical database, which doesn't have unique keys. If initial copy performed in a way that further CDC change data capture process, this switch is not, is rough. We don't understand these snapshots. We will have duplicates. So the trick is you open a logical replication slot, uh, not using SQL, but using replication connection. It's kind of separate very small language, commons in replication connection. There you can create the same logical slot and know not only LSN, but also snapshot name. And then you can dump using that snapshot name. Easy. And then when you switch to CDC, you don't think about duplicates at all. Right? But you cannot use... Yeah, but you cannot achieve this if you create logical slot using uh, select PG logical slot create, create. I don't remember. As usual, I don't remember. I'm very bad with remembering function names and so on. So, and in this case, uh, it's great. And exactly like you, I think in each particular case, understanding this concept of snapshots and you can synchronize various Postgres workers, uh, backends, like telling them, okay, I, I want to deal with these snapshots. It's quite powerful. Right. Yes, very cool. I was reading that blog post you shared from, is it Michael yeah. Packier? I'll link yeah. it up as well. Um, Quite old, almost 10 years old, but it's very well explaining this, what I just explained, right? Yeah. Create replication slot, logical, and you know a snapshot name. And then you can pitch, even use pitch dump with dash dash snapshot and that's it. So yeah, I guess when, when it comes to a point where pg dump is no longer or not 
not great for us. What are our other options? Well, uh, you mentioned uh, create a database template. In Postgres, we have this uh, very old, by the way, approach. So we have template zero, template one created by default. It's like, like, like reference databases. And if you want all databases to have some, for example, table always, all freshly created databases, you can put something to template one. It will be used by default. But you can also say directly, explicitly say, I want a new database created based on that database. It will be thick cloning. So it will create uh, copy objects uh, in regular way, like CP, right? And of course, it will take time. By the way, we didn't discuss throughput and so on. With logical approach, it's worth to understand that time, you, you cannot say, okay, like one terabyte per hour. It's very hard to say because it very depends, depends a lot on uh, the structure, first of all, indexes. A lot of time. So, so the logical copy, if you check uh, CPU utilization, uh, disk utilization, it's not evenly distributed. First, we copy data. So, so first, of course, we create tables. And then we copy data. Very IO-intensive work. Uh, CPU is like nothing to calculate here at all. But then indexes. And this can take a lot of time. If you don't have indexes, like it's easy. But if you need to create a lot of indexes, because uh, again, logical means uh, we transforming to SQL and then back to database, right? So it's like uh, there is a like, change of state here. We had physical state, we transform it to SQL and then from SQL to physical state again. So when you need to create a lot of indexes, it's CPU intensive work, of course. Maintenance work, ma'am, is worth checking, of course, right? So maybe tuning and so on. And of course, when we do things, uh, we, for example, we, if it's one time, it's okay if not, if it's not perfect. But if we know we will be performing dump restore routinely, so we need uh, this procedure to, to be, uh, optimized. First thing to remember, as I mentioned already about the stress on production, we covered that, but then how to improve and how to troubleshoot, uh, throughput. Tr troubleshooting throughput here, bottlenecks is uh, usual so like in linux we check cpu load of course uh, average uh, is not enough we need to be able to understand each core separate 50 percent on average can be 50 each core or half of them 100 percent and the other half is not doing at all anything because if we use dash j for pg restore we can, uh, for example, say half of our available course, or we can match available course on destination. It's interesting, right? So we just, yeah, we need to check each core and we also need to check disk load, of course. First of all, throughput uh, in terms of IOPS and uh, mibibytes per second. And uh, we, we should know our limits and understand how far from there and so on. In, in terms of rules of thumb, I saw some advice that if if you're restoring to a machine that uh, that's all you're doing on that machine, the reasonable starting point is the number of cores as exactly. the number of threads. Right. Unlike PGDump, for PGDump, we, we, if we do it from production node, we should think about the load, we produce, especially if it's the primary and like the most expensive resource we have. There, probably we should be very careful with Dash J. 
and control our CPU and first and disk load definitely because we will, we are going to read a lot. By the way, interesting to understand that if our database is, for example, more than half of it is indexes, dumping indexes indexes is very easy, unlike restoring. Dumping indexes is just definition; it's like one line. With data, yes, we we read it from disk, but indexes we don't read it, and it's it's good, right? So in terms of dumping, restoring, yes, it's CPU intensive work. You will see. Uh, many cores are like 100% busy. So if you're alone on destination node, yeah, dash J match uh, CPU. Yeah, we sometimes even do this either cut uh, proc CPU in four or num, num CPU. I don't remember. We just take the number of cores and put it to dash J dynamically. If you if we have eight cores, okay, it will be eight workers restoring and, and so on. Going back to something you mentioned earlier, Dumping and restoring at the same time without having to, uh, without needing to duplicate the data or without having to have double the space on disk. What are our other options for that? At logical level, uh, well, or even at physical, I guess that is that when physical, physical is very different. Physical yeah. level is absolutely different. And if we talk about opportunities for backend developers, of course, logical is looks like more flexible because many, many things filtering, uh, like control of uh, throughput and so on. At physical level, in Postgres, we cannot copy one database, unfortunately. Unlike in some other systems, for example, SQL Server, we copy whole cluster, yeah, all databases inside it, unfortunately. So sometimes it matters. There's no way to take only one database because of walls. The walls, they cannot, like we have single stream of walls and uh, it's, it's mixing all databases there. So we cannot take only one of them. Why do we need walls? When we copy at physical level, it takes some time. And if you check throughput, usually, I mean, not throughput, if you check resources monitoring, you will see it's quite uniform. There is no like, like, okay, we did I.O. intensive work, now we switch to CPU intensive work, like in, in, in restoring uh, at logical, with PG restore. At physical level, it's just taking all files and bringing them new, to new place, but it takes time. And about the speed here, I would expect these days, I would say one terabyte per hour is already so-so. Probably, you know, like previously, I changed, I ch like I, I, I decided, okay, 2023, it's time to say one terabyte per hour. It's not enough already. It's like very moderate. Probably you have not, uh, not modern disks, right? And so on. Probably you don't have good network. Maybe it depends. You also need to troubleshoot it in a normal Linux way. Of course, uh, for troubleshooting, I think any engineer who, who wants to be full stack or backend engineer uh, should uh, uh, read uh, Brandon Gregg's books system performance and uh, and so on and at least watch on youtube quite old two parts talk from brandon greg about performance troubleshooting methodologies so it gives good basic understanding so you if your network for example is not good or disks are slow either on source or destination one terabyte per hour or even less not good three terabytes per hour is good okay. these days three i was gonna ask yeah, it's method simple here. Uh, modern NVMe, well, more, should be at least one gigabyte per second, right? For reading and writing. Maybe two already, right? We have good already disks. And in cloud, if you take EBS volume, Nitro system, most modern instances, EBS volume will be based on these disks. 
it, it should produce you. Of course, you need to pay for IOPS in cloud, right? So it's, it's expensive. But talking about big uh, systems, uh, one terabyte per hour is already so-so for raw physical file copy uh, over network. So one gigabyte per second, uh, we have 3,600 seconds, 3,600 sec- seconds per hour. Three, three terabytes per second we should have, right? Maybe more even. Sometimes if, we, if everything is, is well-tuned, network is good, right? Maybe more. And of course, uh, there is no parallel uh, conflicting, uh, competing uh, workloads. Okay, so this process takes time. And the key here is that if our page data is one terabyte, 10 terabytes, during this time, when we start and when we finish, it's not consistent, right? So we have inconsistent page data, data directory copied. And to fix that, we use, Postgres can use checkpoint and walls to replay changes and to reach point of consistency. So if you do it manually, old school, we, we say pg start uh, backup, select pg start backup. We can do it on replica as well, which is good. And then we copy data directory, not thinking, okay, with rsync, for example, or with SCP, anything. It can feel dangerous, but it's quite reliable. We copy with walls accumulated in PG wall, in the PG wall directory. And then we say PG stop backup. Then we start Postgres in new place and wait. We need to wait. It will take time to reach a point of consistency. This is how physical, regular, thick cloning works. And if you use uh, automation, Postgres has automation for this, PG-based backup. It will do basically similar thing, right? Taking walls. I remember days, some years ago, uh, by default, it, it didn't bring walls. And so many people, including myself, made mistake using PG-based backup to create physical copy and then trying to start it. But without walls, you cannot start it. It's, it's inconsistent as I just explained. So you needed to specify dash X or something, some like additional option. But modern versions of Postgres take care of, by default, they take walls as well, either additional connection uh, at Postgres level or using SSH connection. So PG-based backup is is a very good tool, but very big uh, disadvantage of it. If something goes wrong, goes south, right? We need to start again. Yeah. And this is huge disadvantage. And if you provision your nodes regularly on a regular basis, for example, uh, standby nodes, if, for example, one node goes down, we need to reprovision it. It, it can be automated with Patroni, for, of course. It, first of all, it's stress. Uh, second disadvantage, it's stress. Uh, we need to read everything. For, disks are very busy. If we do it from the primary node on production, it's stress for a primary node on production. And if we did 90% of copy and then something is wrong, some network issue or something, it, it will restart. <laughs> and uh, more hours to spend if you have a multi-terabyte database. This disadvantage can be mitigated if you switch to different approach for physical copy. It's called uh, restore from archive. Here we, we should uh, discuss backups briefly. So dump is not backup. Why? Because it's a single snapshot and that's it. It doesn't give you opportunity. You do it and then if, so it's like once per day or something, but if a problem 
of obviously, not if. Problem occurred later. And the distance between our dump and the problem, it's called in ops language, it's called RPO, uh, store point objective. So it, it's the amount of data you lose, right? For backups, I've it's heard, very bad, right? I hear the alternative get called point-in-time recovery quite often. Right. So, so point-in-time recovery, any modern backup tool such as uh, Wolgi, PG Backrest, and others, they support it. And they usually do two basic things. Full inconsistent copy of PG data. Why inconsistent? Because it takes time to copy. And second, continuous stream of walls. So we archive two things. And then we restore, first of all, restore PG data in inconsistent state. And we take all walls we need to reach consistency and also to replay to the latest available point by default or to the point you specified if you want point-in-time recovery. This is backup system. Dump is very, very weak backup system. PG dump, I mean, PG restore. It's flexible, it's good. In many cases, it's much better. For example, if you want to take only one database or some tables on it, of course, PG dump is better because taking whole cluster is more expensive. So in this case, if you use this tool, Usually data is stored in object store such as S3 or GCP, G- 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 uh, Google uh, storage, yeah. cloud storage, GCS, or others, uh, Azure blob storage and so on. And also it takes care about encryption. Oh, about compression. Compression, encryption as well, but compression. Uh, we, we, we need compression. Uh, data files in Postgres and PG data are shrink to one gigabyte, gigabyte file, files. So if you have one terabyte table, you, by the way, you shouldn't, you should have partitioning. You will see a lot of one gigabyte files in the data directory, in data directory base subdirectory, and then, then you need to navigate to using OEDs. So it compresses it and also, it also shrinks into chunks probably to be able to retry more politely. For example, I remember we did some work to, uh, with OLG developers to improve how it works for Google Cloud because it, retry logic was working differently compared to S3 there. So we needed to, like, you don't want to, re, to retry when you upload, when you backup, you, want, you don't want to retry whole file even if it's compressed it takes only 300 megabytes for example like three times compressed still retrying as a whole maybe not good so you need chunks it's everything automated and then uh, to join chunks on the cloud side already on on this uh, object storage side but it gives you opportunity to have retries both for uh, safe to, to storage and to retrieve. In this case, uh, if you use PG-based backup, as I said, some issue you need to restart. But uh, with WallG or PG-Backrest, if you restore from archive, first of all, you don't put stress on any production node. And second, you have retries. If it fails at 90%, maybe this is an issue with network, for example. Okay, we will wait until our cloud provider fixes this issue, and we retry from this exactly point. This is more efficient, of course, right? But there is pro. One big disadvantage of using these tools, uh, we should trust them. In terms of, yeah, backups also can can have issues. For example, corruption. Well, 
replica nodes and standby nodes also can have corruption compared to primary. Primary can have corruption as well. Backups also can have corruption. That's why they try to improve everything. I know PGBcrest has quite strong um, work with uh, checksums and so on to verify everything and so on. So it's interesting uh, topic. But in general, if you want physical, I, like by default, I wouldn't use PGBase backup if I have uh, proper archives. I would restore from archives. It's, it's also, you, you can parallelize this work. Unlike PGBase backup, uh, you can say, okay, object storage, uh, like S3, AWS S3, it's quite good in terms of multiple workers. You can uh, suck data f like using 16 workers and you see it's good because also you have SSD and VME SSD. It's also good in terms of parallelization. You have a lot of CPUs. Use 16, core, uh, 16 workers, for example. And in this case, if you have good disks like big system, you have expensive, you pay for IOPS and so on, like provisioned IOPS, in this case, uh, I would say try to achieve three terabytes per hour. This, this is good. And the, this extract database from archives should be very fast. And then it's only the question how, how much it will take for Postgres to start to achieve consistency point and to replay additional walls. This is actually it in terms of physical. Like it's, it's, it's maybe less interesting than dump restore. <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends, right? I think that's the nice thing about this topic. It's a lot, depending on the use case, depending on exactly what you need at any given point, it either is useful. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm wondering still? I, I, I'm wondering already several years. I think it's underappreciated the approach when instead of uh, f copying whole inconsistent PG data, we take cloud snapshot which should take only minutes, even if you have terabyte, dozens of terabytes. And then you replay walls uh, to achieve uh, the point you need. I think it should be like, if uh, WallG and PGBcrest consider themselves uh, cloud friendly, they should keep this as an option instead of copying a lot of terabytes. Why? We, we can provision disk if you don't need to change file system. Of course, if we need to change file system, we cannot use uh, cloud snapshot. But these cloud snapshots, so in, like they are quite powerful. Sometimes they are really fast. Sometimes they have stress when to create. Uh, I saw under heavy load, if you create snapshot on disk on production node, uh, at some point you have issue, like a couple of minutes latency, latency spike, and everything slows down. So. It's interesting how like it's implemented under the hood. Is this on like a database as a service platform or no? It's I'm I'm talking about regular snapshots of uh, oh, network cool. attached volumes like EBS volume or uh, uh, P PD a per persistent disk on GCP. It was on GCP actually I think such behavior observed uh, and sometimes I remember some people reported they could not restore from sna such snapshot. Uh, but wow. good thing about these cloud snapshots is that uh, they are incremental. They are definitely like copy on write. Uh, but of course, if you want to restore, you create another volume, you pay for this volume definitely. So for you, it looks like thick, not thin. For cloud, it's thin. They save a lot of of course, a lot of uh, on resources on hardware. But uh, last thing probably to touch uh, this uh, also topic close to my home 
it's uh, if you want many snapshots and clones on clones on one machine perfect for non-production development testing and so on of course thing cloning uh, using lvm2 or zfs is it's it's very looks very good because you pay only for one disk and have many clones which for application behave as independent and database lab engine achieves uh, exactly this it automates it providing CLI API and UI so it will take only a second to create snapshot it will take only a second or two to create a new clone based on that snapshot and you can have a, a powerful standby node right so you, you run it using database lab engine and it replace walls for example on physical level it works with both like interesting that uh, to deal with thin cloning we needed to explore thick cloning in very detail so to, because to provision our node we also need to bring data initially and there is physical and logical option and many many aspects of it how to parallelize how to like can we parallelize on the fly we cannot using pg dump pg restore PG copy DB, we, we have plans to uh, integrate with it, uh, not, not yet, but it would be good uh, as an option. Or we can do it physically using PG backrest, WallG from archives, and so on. Like a lot of options to choose from. But then you have uh, constantly replaying walls at physical level, for example. It's like, it behaves like a replica, but for your uh, environments, it looks like dozens of environments right so it's it's quite interesting yeah i think people that haven't seen it before it's pretty magical when you when you see a huge yeah. database and you can have your own isolated copy of it in seconds it's yeah it's great yeah think cloning for the win think cloning and uh, uh, we already developed branching we discussed it uh, we had an episode about branching yeah. so we have that lab engine 4.0 first alpha we're testing it internally soon i will present it for wider audience to test and and uh, it's quite interesting because it, it, indeed it like similar to git uh, you can you can change you can commit you can have new snapshot like commit id with comment and you can create new clones from there to share it with colleagues and so on so yeah but for for how to copy database topic i think we covered the practically everything logical physical cloud uh, clones which ah okay also aurora has thin clones right but for storage you don't pay for additional storage but you need to pay for each instance that works with such clone uh, and finally local thin clones uh, we we work with uh, like okay four big classes Nice. Yeah. So I think that is that everything. Anything? Any last things you wanted to mention? Well, uh, test everything before you yeah. decide. <laughs> test, optimize, test, optimize. Especially these days, like recently, Google Cloud increased storage prices. We and the, of course, economical situation is not perfect these days, and uh, I think more people will try to optimize their costs and how you copy how you use resources in terms of storage, first of all, and also compute, because if cloning of one terabyte takes a day, that's not right. So I think uh, engineers, it's good to improve skills in this area, right? To understand various options and how to test, uh, how to troubleshoot, and how to make choices so your company doesn't lose money for, for nothing, right? 
Yeah, well said. Yep. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much. Thanks, everyone. And catch you next week. See you next week.